Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys Podcast, your home of the 2023 Pan American Games. Rosters were just announced. It's going to be an amazing show of our lifetimes. My name is Chase. I'm here with my good friend Jacob. How excited are you for this event? When When is this happening? Uh... <laughs> Uh, let me look it up. October 20th is the start of the Pan American Games. How does that even work? Because I've, I've heard about this before, and essentially, I don't understand this. Essentially, it's like a a regional division of like the Olympics, in a way. And we're sending our like U23B team Tega, to this competition. Icoba got the call up. Yep. Because our actual U23 team is off playing, like, friendlies right now. <laughs> but, yeah, Tega Icoba from the Timbers gets the call up. There's a handful of other names around the league that got called up for this. Um, kind of a cool competition, I think, in my opinion. Get some more guys involved. But uh, as you can tell with that intro, there was not much in MLS to talk about this week. So we are <laughs> – I can't even say. We're going to do a deep dive into the – 2023 Pan American Games. You're right. Not a lot. You not even uh, any off season or off the field shenanigans happening that typically happen in the league. It was a quiet week. There was three games that happened, and that's it. There's been international it, break right now, so not very many games um, to talk about. But not much else to say there. Really, probably going to be a shorter episode because of that. About an hour and a half, like, <laughs> like I like I texted you. <laughs> I was gonna say we'll we'll say it's a shorter episode. We've already been here for about two hours just talking before <laughs> this, and then we're gonna like deep dive into this Nashville New England game and talk about well like, obscure like New England retiree like front office people or something. Well, we haven't really alluded to it since the new game's been out, but mo- we record Sundays usually. And then Monday night is our our clubs night where we have our, all our buddies hop on and we we do pro clubs. And remember, we used to kind of give updates, you know, the next day or about the week behind. <laughs> we haven't done that. It's been a it's been a dreadful year this year. Yeah, we uh, our pro clubs has been terrible. We were given some pretty solid updates about our FM save for a while. That was the one we stayed steady on until we stopped playing it. If anybody wants to challenge us for a club friendly and beat us, because you probably will, uh, <laughs> you can do that. You you enter in the name Netboys FC into your into your search bar when you're when you're loading up with your lads. Get ready for the beatdown of a lifetime. <laughs> um, we haven't even done football manager in a while. That's true. That's true. We've been miss. You know, we've been missing out on our our FM. It's been fun. I I miss playing that. You know, I was getting real into the Columbus lore for a while. Yeah. Our poor buddy Ryan's uh, suffering in Hawaii <laughs> right now on vacation, so he can't play with us. So it's been a quiet week, too, for us. Not much else to talk about. We got a couple thrillers. Uh, we'll start in Dallas. Uh, a 1-1 draw with the Colorado <laughs> Rapids, FC Ooh. Dallas and Colorado. Um, good result for the Timbers, man. I was gonna say this is this is big for a couple of the teams right around Dallas. Huge that Colum- or, uh, 
Colorado has enough fight in him still to pull out a tie. <laughs> Kudos to you, Colorado. You got a tie. Um, <laughs> joking aside, what a missed opportunity for Dallas because this this would have put them in a great spot if they were to get three points. Now, in theory, they could miss out in the playoffs still if they lose in L.A. Um, on the final game of the season, which you never know. I mean, it's uh, it makes for an even more exciting end of the season because now you have Portland Timbers, FC Dallas, and San Jose all tied on points. Um, Timbers are going to need a little bit of help because if both FC Dallas and San Jose win, they will both jump them, even if Timbers win because we have an atrocious uh, goal difference. SKC, Minnesota, both on 41 points, and they play against each other. So so one of those teams really take Portland's spot unless we get a win. Really exciting end of the season, especially because FC Dallas and San Jose are both playing against already eliminated teams in Austin and LA Galaxy. Yeah, I'm, I'm very cautionally optimistic because as a Timbers fan, you know, I've seen... We kind of choked it last year in a very similar position. Great run at the end of the season and wasn't enough. Um, I'm I'm excited just to see how these new playoffs work out. Honestly, I, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I want to see at least how it plays out before I make a total judgment on it. So I'm curious, what is your ideal? Would you rather have Timbers cling on to the seventh place spot? They would end up playing against LAFC in the uh, first round of playoffs or Seattle Sounders, depending on how the end of the season, their last game goes, um, wouldn't be Houston. Houston could jump up above both those teams if they beat the Timbers. So uh, it would either be LAFC or Seattle if they stay in seventh place, um, or they could drop down to eight ninth. They wouldn't host that one-off play-in game, but if they were to make it through that, then they would play St. Louis. What do you think would be a better route to MLS Cup? See, if I'm a Timbers fan, I feel like the ideal thing would be you drop into... See, I don't know, because if they go to 8th and host the playoff game, which they would if they were in 8th place, they'd play the ninth place, which could be San Jose, uh, could be Dallas, could be Kansas City, Minnesota. Kansas City, Minnesota have been tough outings for Portland this year. So the only one I'd feel really good about in that group is San Jose, honestly. Yeah, it's, it it seems like with how the fixtures are, it's, it's pretty unlikely if Timbers do drop down that they get that eighth spot. I think it would more likely be ninth and they would end up having to play away against one of those teams. Um, but I agree. Yeah. San Jose is the team I'd be most comfortable playing against. Um, I think, St. Louis is a more ideal matchup than Seattle or LAFC. LAFC, I think, would be the worst. They're pretty good against Portland, typically, uh, especially at home. Seattle's got that weird home play- home form versus Portland, like, just... Which would play into our advantage, because we'd play two games in Seattle, one in Portland. I just feel like that streak is going to... That streak's got to end one of these years, right? We say this every year, but... That's true. That's true. But also, you have to factor in, if they're going to St. Louis, the travel 
for two games away in St. Louis, one game at home might factor in a little bit more versus just going to Seattle or L.A. A little that, bit different. That is true. Seattle's been in decent form. I know they haven't lost, I think, since League's Cup, I want to say. And, you know, not the overtly dominant Seattle we're used to, but they're 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 rounding up for this end of the season. So, I don't know. I'd take St. Louis out of any of those, personally. I could see that. I would take Seattle, personally. Question is, are we making the trek up twice for the boys? If we're that going happens? up there. Just like we were saying before this, we're going to sit right behind the Sounders bench, and we're just going to harass old Brian Schmetzer the whole time. Poor Brian Schmetzer doesn't make fans on this podcast. I, I like <laughs> the dude. I don't. He's just funny to kind of... To, to roast I don't know I, he annoys me every time I hear him talk anyways shall we move on I guess so FC Dallas Colorado 1-1 draw really helping out the Timbers there next game up though we have Nashville beating New England Revolution 3-2 solid solid pickup for Nashville you know late season they needed some points to kind of pad that distance between them and uh eighth place but good pickup for them i mean i think they've kind of already secured their spot in the playoffs so they didn't have to worry about it too much but can only uh help build up some more form as they go into this final little stretch yeah in theory they could maybe get up to fifth if everything goes right for them but still looking like a bottom half team but yeah they're comfortably comfortably almost you know, they are locked into the playoffs, but I almost feel like Nashville is better suited to like a lower entry. Like I think the the well, having less pressure of playing two away games where they aren't expected to go on the attack and they can actually sit back and defend. Um, I think that suits them better, honestly. I really like Nashville in this bracket against anybody other than Cincinnati, I think honestly. I was I mean their League's Cup game kind of or run proved you know how good that style of play, how good their ideology can be in knockout. What about Columbus Crew, dude? You don't think uh, Columbus could tear up Nashville a little bit? But Columbus is scary. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. What in these little gimmicky games, Nashville has proven they're, you know, they're a team that can do something in these. That's all right. You said you said some positive stuff about Columbus, so I'll take that as a win today. How about Orlando City SC. They're okay. I will say yeah, Columbus seem they were they were on fire earlier the season. You know what seemed to kind of coincide with their downfall was sending Keegan Hughes out on loan. Could have uh, you know, let down the level of training a little bit. You know, maybe uh stirred some feathers in the locker room. You got a Cucho Hernandez, you got a Diego Rossi. They're all confused why why the intensity isn't there at on a on yeah. a weekday practice. They need old Stanford alum in there. They need you know they need that nose to the grindstone. Just get in there and do your work. Hey, he's mentality. doing he's doing big things in what Birmingham Legion or no? Uh, he's in Tulsa. He's in Tulsa, isn't he? I was gonna say I can't remember where he went. He hasn't even posted about it on his Instagram. I'm pretty sure. Hey, he's no he's no Eric Miller. He doesn't just. <laughs> You didn't just do that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you got any other words on this 
this game that happened here? I mean, no, Nashville winning at home. Sam Surge finally getting some goals. You know, he wasn't exactly lighting it up uh, in the league like he would have hoped. So that's kind of cool. Um, the revs, though, I mean, I feel like it's been same old, same old since Bruce Arena has been gone. They've picked up some wins, but there's just, I don't know. If you would have asked me like four or five months ago, I think they would have been a good MLS Cup contender. They were not too far off of Cincinnati, but now now they're in fifth. They could still get a home playoff game if things work their way, but I I don't see much for this team anymore. I'm thinking a first-round exit, honestly. It's just such a weird fall-off for New England that seems so unnecessary. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this recently. I don't really understand... I've been trying to figure out because they haven't really released what Bruce Arena even did, but it has to be something really terrible if they just tanked their club this much to let him go because I know we've kind of hashed this out in the past already, but it's been a steep drop-off since he's left, and it's it doesn't make any sense when you have a team that's kind of in the height of their powers, like Carlos Hill isn't getting any younger, Gustavo Bo kind of has reached a peak, in a way um it seems like a team that's built for the now not exactly built for the future um so i don't know why they would kind of risk their opportunity of racking up trophies right now by letting him go it's just weird it's just a it was a weird move that i was kind of pondering over this week (laughs) just sitting that's that's what i like to hear you're you're minding your own business you know everything's going a million miles miles an hour (laughs) Yeah, you're wondering what went wrong with Bruce Arena in just, Foxborough, <laughs> Massachusetts. Just been, I was just sitting there. My girlfriend was talking to me, and it's just I hear like a flashbang sound in my ears. <laughs> Everything gets a little staticky. Everything's just like a high pitch ring, and then it just come back to, and then she's like, "Are you even listening to me? Are you listening to me?" And I'm just in my mind, I'm just thinking about Bruce Arena, like slow motion, <laughs> like videos of him like smiling and like his interviews and stuff like that it reminds me of those memes where it's like like a boyfriend and a girlfriend like sitting there like on the couch and the girlfriend's looking kind of mad and annoyed like at the boyfriend the boyfriend just zoned out and she's like i wonder what he's thinking about he's probably thinking about other girls no you're wondering about the steep decline of the 2023 new england revolution and the future of bruce arena where does bruce go other than retirement. I was going to say, if I was Bruce, <laughs> I'd retire. Um, if not that, I would say just wherever the money is, dude. If Toronto he, FC? Saudi. Oh, no, they got John Herdman. Take him to Saudi, my dude. Imagine <laughs> Bruce Arena in the Saudi League, and he just they end up signing like... Some. Omar Gonzalez and <laughs> all of his 2017 old guard. Dude, that does seem like a place Omar Gonzalez would have gone like five years before Saudi League actually was <laughs> trying to be something good. Bobby Wood is in there. Juan Agadello. Dude, Josie Altador. Get those guys in there. I could I could see Bruce Arena in the Bringing the old League. guard. And then he just starts. <laughs> Picture him. No, I. that guy loves to criticize everything over there. I mean, picture him going there and he turns into like the most happiest, optimistic, you know, manager in the post-game interviews, even if his team gets completely screwed because he doesn't want to lose the bag. You know, one last payday, Bruce. Think about it. 
All Hilal are calling. I mean, would he really want to step down and from managing Thomas Junkele this season to going to Neymar? <laughs> Dude, we talked about this earlier in the season, but how fun would it be, especially with how many players Saudi Pro League has picked up, to do like a MLS All-Star versus Saudi Pro League All-Star, especially now that it's Ronaldo Messi? Dude, I would... I, I think it has to be. I think if MLS isn't trying to organize this, then they've lost the plot because, I mean, we done so much, we did the the Liga MX thing. It felt like the Euro thing kind of lost its flair. Then we played Arsenal and just got battered. I, the the All Star Game is so incohesive from like a a tactical standpoint yeah. that I feel like playing a regular team doesn't really make sense. So. How epic would it be if the last ever Messi-Ronaldo game against each other was at Lower.com Field in Columbus? <laughs> you got Messi up on the wing. You've got a – give me a, give me an MLS. You got a John Gallagher slip, slipping him through. Is that not like prime entertainment? I was going to say Dylan Barrero, actually. <laughs> That's pretty good, too. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, on the other end, you got Abbas Al-Hassan just slipping balls through to Ronaldo. That's my favorite player. You know that's a real person, right? Look at this guy's <laughs> yeah. picture. He has the most largest ears I've ever seen. Did you think I was just <laughs> thought you were just naming off Saudi, <laughs> Saudi right. Arabian chatter? <laughs> guy has i feel like he could fly away with those puppies dude, on the side of his head dude i'm all for this i'm all He's for probably, the probably hear us talking about him right now <laughs> i mean you're gonna get us just <laughs> banned in that whole country over uh, there that's all right you got all the soccer i need right here no reason to go to saudi <laughs> i mean if they paid a full i mean with the way our listener map is looking on the globe it probably is somebody in saudi listening to us right now if we got a full all expenses trip dude this is a really random somebody i work with uh from our church he flies like kites in his spare time and he goes to like kite festivals and over on the oregon coast where we're from there's a bunch of huge ones over here for like the region and he gets paid to do like these gigs where he'll take these giant like kites to like festivals and he got like invited to Saudi Arabia to go with like a whole bunch of people his like passport wasn't correct or something like that and pretty much like they checked his name knew he was coming for the kite festival and like got him speed traveled through the entire airport and all the security didn't have to worry about anything and they flew kites in the middle of the desert and got like money for everything and food and stuff so if we ever have the chance to it's go a, record it's a long shot but what if what if we know we the saudis see what's happening in global football right <laughs> they, they have this they have this blueprint of what they want to do with their league what if they say hey we see these guys the mls net boys it's time we get the spl net boys oh yeah they want they we, want some quality coverage you know some there. some grassroots movement 
coverage of the game. They want us over there talking about obscure guys who played there in like <laughs> 1995 or something. League just, legends. Just spitting off. They need somebody to start a, a Saudi Pro League iceberg on Reddit <laughs> to add all these moments to. So you, you got to not burn too many bridges. Yeah, that's all right. All right. It's starting to sound like you've already been paid a little bit. <laughs> you can check the Saudi Pro League out on uh, Fox Sports 2, actually. Oh man! Anyway. Imagine if though—that would be pretty cool. I would—that would be fun to get flown out anywhere to do coverage of another league. If you could pick one other league <laughs> to do coverage of other than MLS, like long term or just for like a like for a year, but like you have to be as like deeply knowledgeable and invested as you are about MLS. So like you would have to do your research and like get into it. So I'd have to live there for a year or just... Yeah, you got to live there for a year. I wouldn't want to live in Saudi Arabia for a year, but... No, I won't say them. The Portuguese League kind of fascinated me because it was like, you know, they're pretty much... They're, they're looking in on like the top five leagues in Europe and maybe not quite there. I know there's some takes where they're not, they should be ahead of like the French league, but country looks pretty cool. Got some family there actually. Um, I don't know. seems like a solid, solid league to watch. That doesn't get maybe as much coverage as it should. I see that league of NOS. I see that. I don't know. For me, I got a couple, like I'm really interested actually in like Van Rama, <laughs> the Van Rama Northeast league or something. <laughs> no, I, Honestly, I really like some of the stuff the Canadian League is doing, like with their weird, obscure rules. I really like. Now I've seen a, their their rule about like they have to have a Canadian player under the age of like twenty three on the field at all times, or something like that. They have some weird rules like that that ensure that they do youth development right, which is really cool. If I could change my answer, it would be that I love visiting Canada. Nope, can't change your answer. Come on, Pacific City FC. <laughs> That's a big club. That's my team. I think other than them, I would want to go to a league that's like still like relevant, but like pretty niche. Like Ooh, I, I would say like the A League. Dang it, I was gonna <laughs> say that next. <laughs> the A League down in Australia, the the lads down under. I think that would be pretty entertaining because it's it's the top flight there. They play in the Champions League in that region. Um, I feel like they were kind of like MLS was, like maybe like. Yeah, and they early two thousands. Yeah, they were like collecting these big name players for a little while. These teams, so I think that would be interesting. Um, if I were to go to Europe, I'd probably choose like Eredivisie or like some random like smaller. Like I, I like the the Dutch league is entertaining to me. Even um some of those other smaller countries like that. Anybody's listening with a connection, let us know, and we'll go live in your country for nine months. <laughs> A League would be hilarious. There's a there is kind of a meme culture like MLS has in the A League, so that'd be awesome. Remember when we all picked our whole friend group picked A League teams? Perth Glory, baby. I can't even can't remember. Forget. I'm trying to remember the name of my team. I follow them on Instagram, so I see their posts randomly all the time. I just remember mine was terrible in FIFA. Mine is terrible, but then they, they randomly signed Daniel Sturridge <laughs> and he played for maybe like four games and was injured most of the time. So I mean kind of sounds like Daniel Sturridge. Daniel Sturridge so. That's about right. I'm surprised he didn't come to MLS, honestly. 
dude, he felt like an LA Galaxy signing. Which, speaking of the LA Galaxy, played <laughs> back on track. Here we go. Played Real Salt Lake to a two-two draw. <laughs> Galaxy was up two 0 Actually, Costa and Jovalich with some nice goals, and RSL gets a draw on the road. I mean, Galaxy's already eliminated. We discussed last week. RSL, however, you know, if they would have gotten a win and maybe take care of business this next week, could maybe get a top seed and host their games. Nobody else in the league is rooting for the Timbers as hard as RSL right now. Because if Timbers pull out a win on Houston and RSL gets any sort of result, they could uh, jump above Houston and get the, the home playoff advantage. Um, by being in that fourth place spot. So I'm sure they'll be watching the Portland-Houston game with a keen eye, hoping that uh, Portland does the business. And that's it. That's every game this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening, as always. <laughs> Not too much to discuss this week, unfortunately. So we thought... we got to get used to this. I mean, we got the decision day coming up which is a going to be chaos a gauntlet of of matches eight and a half hours of mls 360 show action to watch dude we gotta we gotta do that and just eat costco hot dogs the entire time while we're watching all these games together that's uh that's my dad's birthday and we're gonna be at my parents house like celebrating with them and i already know i'm just gonna like you can have that phone i'm gonna have my phone and like the tv going at the same time because we're just making dinner there and we're just hanging out all day so we have like family friends coming from California, so bring they aren't on. they aren't interested in soccer at all. Bring them on the pod. Bring oh yeah, get them in here. <laughs> Who are you? Welcome to the show. Anyways, yeah, so we do we do need to get used to this. Actually, there's not gonna be much to talk about after Cause playoffs. And even in the playoffs, it's not gonna be as many you know games per week. It'll be more spread out, and then it'll kind of you know minimize down playoff games tend to give us a little bit more to talk about i think though there's a little bit more at stake more happens during the games that's true we'll pay attention more especially with there being no draws in the playoff at all it's just purely goes to penalty shootouts right afterwards um i think that'll be exciting but as for this week i thought we should continue the trend of last week and keep going with our blind drafts. I had a lot of fun with we that last week. We just had too much fun. At the end of the day, we're just two lads who like who love spitting MLS takes. So this is absolutely something we would do in a party chat, like <laughs> just off the top of our head. I was talking to my girlfriend about this recently. We probably will do this tomorrow because her, my my girlfriend and your wife were actually talking about us, our podcast behind our back, and she was telling me that uh, they were talking about like oh like. They get there and it's like takes them like four or five hours just to do the podcast. And it's like there's no reason they should take that long. And I told her I was like, well, we get there, and first of all, we have to unwind. We got to like, catch up. It's Sunday. It's like the good just good day, like end of the week. You know, we we got to catch up. We got to just talk for a while, and then we finally start the podcast. And they've progressively just gotten longer and longer <laughs> to the point where now we're recording for two hours. Starts in the day, ends in the night. But uh, it's getting dark right now, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, for you ladies listening, if you are when this comes out, it's like it's like what like what my friend Chase said here. I mean, we see each other. This is one of the only times we see each other in person, too. So, I mean, 
I got to be a good host. I don't want us to just rush into this. We got to talk. You know, we got to talk about life. We got to talk about yeah. FIFA. We got to talk about MLS. <laughs> Nothing quite like a good face-to-face conver- conversation with some microphones between you. <laughs> this she, is my girlfriend. Did she? She brought up the point. She's like, "Why don't you just start the podcast as soon as you get there and record everything you guys say?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know if we should be posting that." <laughs> the MLS Net Boys experience. MLS Net Boys experience. MLS Net Boys After Dark. And if you think we make enemies on the podcast, you don't want to hear what goes on outside of these, outside of the record button. <laughs> Nothing but good vibes and positive times. Anyways, shall we dive into these drafts again? Let's do it. Let's Some blind do drafts. Do you want to start or do you want me to start this time? I can start. All right, hit me with it. What do you got for me? So. Anybody listening, I hope you tuned into last week's episode because I'm I'm riding a similar wave here. This is actually one of my ideas that I didn't end up doing, but I thought I thought this was good enough to do to do today. And like we talked about, blind drafts. I don't know. Re-listening to it, it was I I definitely would have changed a lot of things. But yeah, one through five, we'll each spit out some things about MLS and we have to rank them without knowing what comes next. So your blind draft. This is a little unorthodox. Which MLS mascot you would like to be stuck with to escape an escape room? Oh gosh. (laughs) This is tough. (laughs) This is already going to be bad. I already know. Who do you got for me? Who's first? Are you ready? I am ready. You already know I got to start start in the Bay Area. Crazy George from the San Jose <laughs> Earthquakes. And this is a double one because I'm not going to give you this for every option, but there's also Q, the big blue Smurf-looking Quakes mascot, uh, okay. who's like the modern mascot. And I just remember that one video where it was a Cali Classico game, like 2012, and David Beckham was on the field, and he got mad at somebody, and he like drop kicks a ball from like 35 yards on a San Jose player who's like on the ground pretending like he got hurt, and the game had ended, and the San Jose mascot Q is just holding a sign that just says Sports Center coming up next, and it's just like <laughs> staring right at the camera. So you got the you got the combo of Q and I Crazy George. You get both, but. This is like a wrestling thing where you don't get to use them both at the same time. You get to tap them in. You get to tap them in. So one of them sits in the corner on a stool, and then you'll you'll have one in, and then if you want to talk to the other, you have to go over to the other guy in the corner, tap them in, and then they swap places. Well, this is kind of tough because, like, so the mascot Q does not talk. No. Doesn't speak. So he would not be very helpful. On the other hand, you have Crazy George who would just be beating a drum the whole time. <laughs> so it's like I could either have a guy who just doesn't talk and has giant mitten hands that probably can't help with any like intricate locks or anything. And then the <laughs> to be fair, that's going to be a lot of these mascots though. <laughs> and then, but then on the other hand, I just have an old guy just smacking a drum in the corner of the room. And I could only imagine if I asked him something, he'd probably just give me a blank stare and just keep hitting his drum. I can't even picture Crazy George like speaking either. I just picture him being the drum as a response to you. 
I'm going with a solid four. I'm going to put him in fourth. Fourth, okay. Oh, man, that is that would be brutal. Can you imagine being stuck in a room with those two guys? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> All right. Next up is Fang, the Philadelphia oh. Union dinosaur lizard looking. I think he's a snake, actually. But, yeah, he's a he's like a blue and yellow looking snake. He's got like a mohawk that has like confetti looking color things on top of his head. Where would you place Fang? I don't think Fang's going to be too helpful either. I, if I'm going based off just, just like a person who's fulfilling this mascot role okay they aren't gonna say anything (laughs) but we change it where it's like picture it's like the actual it's like a dragon snake thing wearing a yes i'm trying to go a little out of the box because if we do mascot hands then all of them so if it's a dragon snake thing it's still not gonna be able to talk to me (laughs) and i'm assuming it's gonna want to eat me so it just adds an extra level of difficulty i'm gonna go three that's still better <laughs> than still hanging out crazy, crazy George. George, the one human on the list. <laughs> oh, man. All right. If this isn't a high pick, I don't know what to do for you, man. The legend of MLS. Colorado Rapids mascot, <laughs> Rapid Man. I don't even know what he is. He's just a blue thing. He's just a blue big mascot like, with a Bart like- Simpson's head. And he's got waves on his head. He just looks like a like the cheese stick guy. Like he does, I was gonna say, he's he's like if you took like Frozone from The Incredibles and just melted him, like <laughs> just water Frozone, basically. This dude wears goggles. He, <laughs> I, I think he's like, I think he was like gone for a bit. I think he started when the Rapids were in the league, or maybe their first few years, and then he wasn't there for a very long time. And I think they just somewhat recently brought him back in somewhat of a of a role oh, man i'm gonna i'm gonna you know what i'll throw him in at one because at least he's like in the form of like a normal person <laughs> has smaller hands like seems like a cool dude he's got a nice smile got some goggles like i think he could be helpful in a in a escape room next up you have Cosmo, the oh, L.A. Galaxy. No. That guy is a menace. That guy is so annoying. He is always trolling people. And I was going to say, not only is he just like weird, but like, yeah, he's a menace. I'm, I'm putting him at five. I don't even need to discuss this anymore. Like That guy would just hinder me more than anything. <laughs> like You'd be so close to solving a puzzle, and he'd just come up and just like, like mess up your hands or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like kind of laugh like, you know, like mascots have to pretend laugh where they like cover their mouth and like shake their like head a, a bunch. Like a mime. Yeah. Like he would do that and then run over to the other corner while I try and fix it again. And just do Fortnite dances in the corner. <laughs> yeah. That's a solid five. Not as bad. I, I don't know. Crazy George and him are pretty close. So that leaves you with your last pick. The sound wave. The oh. Seattle Sounders marching slash performing <laughs> band you have the entire group inside the room the guy with the symbols the the oh conductor guy they're doing their little spinny little <laughs> dances oh. in the background every time you're about to solve one they go like they do on every corner kick at least they're actual humans but 
I've seen the sound wave and that's going to be a stinky room, dude. <laughs> that is going to be smelly. <laughs> Being stuck in there with those people. <laughs> just, I'm imagining them just finishing up like a game in July or something. And they just go into this escape room, guy with a tuba wrapped around him <laughs> stuff. Oh, I never said they're comedic right after the, the MLS <laughs> match they work. I never I well, wasn't a part of that. Regardless of that, I think they're still pretty stinky. Oh, man. So oh, man. your list is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't even... I don't even know where to start. This is a weird list. So <laughs> Cosmo was number five, LA Galaxy mascot. Number four was the combination of San Jose mascots Q, the Smurf, and Crazy George, the old dude who beats drums. <laughs> Number three, you went for... Um, who did you go for? Number three. Number three was uh, the dragon. Oh, from, Fang. From Philly. Fang, the Philadelphia Union venom snake dragon thing. Number yeah. two, you have the <laughs> the Seattle Sounders marching band sound wave. <laughs> and number one, you have... Rapid Man from the Colorado Rapids. The Rapids coming in first place, winning this round. You love to see it. We continue our streak of showing the Colorado Rapids some love in like the past seven episodes. This was just a ploy to to get the Rapids winning something finally. Oh um, man! Honorable mentions. I had. I couldn't put Timber Joey. He would be way that too would obvious. Be an easy number one. A human with a chainsaw who could just break through. We had. Spike oh. the Kingfisher, which I haven't really... That would be terrifying. Just imagine <laughs> that, just like... The Vancouver mascot. Like doing the bird thing where like their body's facing one way and their head's like completely turned around just staring at you. Oh, man. Uh, the Nashville Coyote mascot. Uh, the New England Revolution Minutemen. The dudes with the that muskets. That would have been sick. That would have been a little overpowered. Um, and then another Sounders one. Sammy the Sounder. The... <laughs> the oh, man. What's that type of whale called? Drawing a blank, yeah, the orca. So, is the, does the sound wave include the guy who just screams "fight and win"? Would would that put him lower on your list? Yeah. Would it bump it up to five? <laughs> Being stuck with that guy. Oh man. Anyways, we'll move on. I got my list here. I'm gonna go with a little bit more, more serious, a little bit more serious theme here. I want no. you to rank. These strikers. Worlds are reversed here a little bit. Normally, <laughs> you have the very unorthodox, like middle school sleepover conversation, and I have the really niche MLS ones. All right, I I came prepared a little bit different this time. So we got best striker, and I want you to rate them on like total game, not just like how many goals they scored. I want you to rank who do you think has the best total ability so okay is this per season or is it just right now i'm gonna or? i'm gonna name the season that they played okay. so we got chicho arango in 2022 so he's with lafc do you have his goal total i don't let me pull it up real quick i was gonna say he had a pretty lights out season shield won mls cup obviously just unreal um when you look at his production and then went to Mexico, I don't know. That's tough. So we got Chicho Arango in 2022 
Uh, so with LAFC, he scored 16 goals, had two or four assists. So 20 goal contributions in 34 games. I'm going to put him at three. Solid three. All right. Good season. One trophies, which is what you ask of. Um, got a good amount of goals. But, I mean, would LAFC done the same things if they had a an adequate level striker in that position? I feel like they would have. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next up, we have Tati Castellanos from 2021. I should say five just because he won the MLS Cup. Um in Portland, but no, he won Golden Boot that year, actually. 19 goals, 8 assists in 32 games. 32 starts as well, so he started every game that year. I mean, that's pretty good production. Um, I feel like you got somebody better on this list, and I I almost wish I put Chicho at 4. I was really considering it. Does this sway you if I tell you he had 46 progressive carries? How many assists did he have? Uh, he had eight assists. 27 contributions. In 32 games. That's really good. Only had five games, if you were to average it out, where he didn't help with a goal or an mm- assist. That was a solid New York City team, actually, though, to be fair. I, it wasn't better than a new than the LFC one. I'll go two. I think it was good. Number I, two. I think, I think it was great, actually. Number two, all right. And that spurred a move on to him to go to Europe, actually. and Which I didn't realize. He's at Lazio now. I was just thinking about that. I haven't heard much since he's moved there, but... I think he's only played seven games, is what I saw. All right. Next up, we have Giassi Zardes from 2020 with the Columbus Crew. Played 21 games, had 12 goals, 4 assists. 15 progressive carries. I'm going to go 5. I love Jossie Zardes, and I, I, he's, I think, an unsung hero of a lot of the teams he's been on. Columbus, Galaxy, um, U.S. national team, I think, for sure. I'm going to sound like a uneducated person here, but... A lot of people love to trash that dude. He's always the hardest worker, always proud to suit up for his country, and he always gave it his all. Like, you can watch some strikers who don't really hustle or anything like that. Yeah, his touch wasn't the greatest, but he was a great finisher. And But with him, I think he's... And this is its own skill. He's more of like a, a system player almost. Like, he fits in a very specific role, and he, he does that to a T, which you can't say about a lot of players, but... Once again, I feel like if they had a similar level player in that role, which I think Jossie was a great player in his day, I think they could have gotten an equivalent amount of goals. 12 goals, 4 assists, and 21 games. So 16 goal contributions in 21 games. That's pretty solid. I, I think so, though. Keeping I, him at 5? It's a great season, but I'm going to put him at 5. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next up, we have... Raul Rui Diaz, his 2019 season. So he played a total of 22 games, had 11 goals and two assists. So 13 goal contributions. Was really good in the playoffs, though. 
actually, en route to them winning the MLS Cup. I know he got a goal in that final at home for Seattle. That's solid. I won't lie. Rui Diaz was a scary striker to come up against when he was banging in goals and kind of more in his prime than now. You knew if he got a half inch, he was going to finish a chance. However... Seattle's Seattle's been a solid team. I don't think his numbers, obviously, and his club's season wasn't as good as the LAFC one, so I don't feel like I can put him ahead of Chicho. Um, and then I think Castellanos had a, was on a much lower quality team overall. It wasn't a bad team, but Castellanos had more goals on a worse team, I think, and won the MLS Cup on the road. So I'll put... Rui Diaz at four. At four. I don't like Seattle. I don't like Seattle. (laughs) So that leaves you with 2018 Joseph Martinez with your number one on the list. I had a feeling it was that or BWP, Bradley Wright Phillips, 2014. So Joseph Martinez played 34 games that season, had 31 goals and five assists, which is absolutely nuts obviously won the the cup i don't know if you noticed the trend i was going with but i went past five cup winning strikers so chicho arango 2022 tati castellanos jossi zardes rui diaz joseph martinez um you ranked them as joseph martinez number one castellanos number two chicho arango number three rui diaz number four jossi zardes number five all from their, their cup-winning years. Do you think you'd change any of those guys? Maybe Arango at two and Castellanos at three, but I'm pretty happy with that list. Yeah, I think that's a solid list. That, I would make maybe that change or the Zardes and Rui Diaz because Zardes did have a, a better season than Rui Diaz did in his 2022 year, at least, compared to Rui Diaz 2019. You know, this pains me, but Felipe Mora or Yaroniz Gota should have been that. 2021 starting striker <laughs> on this list. All when, right. when will it end? Or Jabo, Jeremy Abobu in 2018. That's who should be headlining this. He had a shocker of an MLS Cup final. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, all, right. all right. Next up, we got a really serious one here. You've got to rank these MLS in stadium. Food items. Ooh, what's the what do you call this? The MLS football scran. <laughs> scran meaning it's a weird British term that is popular online. Just stadium food inside of a place that's that's worth the money. That's you know a good value for what you're getting, and uh, and is unique. So unless you're driving, join us on this journey and look up some of these things online. It'll be a good time. It'll make you hungry. It'll make you want to visit your local MLS stadium and get some overpriced food. Are you gonna are you gonna include the price of each of these with them? If I can find them, I can find them for most. Alright. Number one or not number one. Your first choice from the Chicago Fire in Chicago, Illinois at Soldier Field is the ice cream nachos. $12. It's a dessert-style thing, so it's a bunch of multicolored, sweet-style tortilla chips 
with ice cream on top, drizzled with sprinkles, cherries, and different types of syrup. That looks terrible. That looks like a terrible dessert. Let me just put tortilla chips in a bowl of ice cream. Dude, don't you like... Okay, go ahead. That dessert from Ixtapa? Is that well, what you're about to bring up? Or just, yeah. It's called like I, sopa... I really don't like it, actually. I don't love it, but I've had it at lots of Mexican restaurants, and it's nice sometimes. I'm not a fan. I I would hate this. I like just ice cream by itself. I don't need some tortilla chips thrown in there. And you got to think, the people who are handling this in the stadium and the, the quality of ice cream and chips they're giving you, not going to be very good. Maybe if it was like really well done, like fried like tortilla or like, you know, like with like the same kind of toppings you put like on a churro, like a churro, not a churro, a churro. Um, I think that would be a lot more enjoyable, but that's a, I feel like there might be some, some worse stuff, but I'm going to put that at five right away. Man, no love for the Chicago fire. No. Also, it's like really cold in Chicago majority of the year. That would suck to be standing out there eating that. Dude, the the excitement of Zerd and Shakiri bombing up and down that flank isn't... <laughs> not at all. That's not enough for you? Not at all. All yeah, right. That's an easy number five for me. I got a gross one for you. <laughs> Hit me <laughs> with it. It's kind of... Okay, number five. So... Your next option is oh. the Orlando City purple Philly cheesesteak option. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a Philly cheesesteak, but they used food coloring to make the bun purple, and it looks just like something a dog would throw up, honestly. I love a good Philly cheesesteak. It's one of my favorite sandwiches, but seeing brown meat and like all these <laughs> yellow peppers and onions and red peppers... All on a purple bun sandwich, not hitting for me. And it comes with a bag of chips, and it's fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. That is really expensive for a crappy <laughs> Philly cheesesteak. See, I'm I'm taking the nachos over this. This is, ice cream this nachos. This is disgusting to me. Just because of the color? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I could stomach the color and actually like enjoy a Philly cheesesteak, but it probably isn't that good anyways. The color doesn't bother me as much as the fact that somebody just took tortilla chips and threw it in a bowl of ice cream and said, let's charge $12 for this. Oh, man. It doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. It does not look good at all, but I feel like it's hard to mess up a Philly cheesesteak and make it not taste good. If you just do the basics right, and if they're producing it in like mass quantities, they probably are just like cooking the meat fully through, putting a bunch of cheese in there, letting it melt, putting it in a bun. Like that's simple enough, and it's hard to mess up. So I think I'm gonna put that at three. Three, okay. I think I could get over the the like look of that, but I'm reserving number four in case you have some terrible dessert options left in the list for me. <laughs> No, we got a we got a better one. LAFC has a Korean barbecue chicken uh, over waffle fries uh, combo meal at Bank of California Stadium, and this item goes for a not terrible sixteen dollars. That looked actually pretty good. Kind of a weird combination. Looked good. Sixteen dollars, pretty steep. 
but also that's pretty filling when you think about it like you're just getting french fries like waffle fry like potatoes and like meat so it's gonna be a feel like a filling meal i think i could comfortably put that at two i think i would actually enjoy that at two okay i think i could do that yeah that I, that i would comfortably do all right you know the next one I'm trying to find a price for this. I wasn't able to. So but the giant taco? It's the FC Dallas Monster Taco. Pretty much it's a crispy hard shell taco. And it's it's just massive. It's like bigger than... It's like the size of an American football almost when you look at it. I can't find a price, unfortunately. But I'm going to estimate here. It's, it's probably at least $10, I'm guessing. I think that's probably fair. Probably at least $10 at the very minimum. That taco is massive. It's huge. I can't imagine it's that great of a taco. It doesn't look that great. It doesn't look like terrible, but it doesn't really look like... And it, I mean, it's kind of helping the fact that we don't know the actual price of it. Because if we did and it was like outrageous, I would put it at number four. But knowing you, I feel like you left something terrible for the last one. So I think I'm going to have to put this at number one. I like tacos. Albeit, I usually like more authentic, better tacos than this. But I think, kind of similar to the Philly cheesesteak, it's really hard to screw up tacos to the point where it's, like, inedible. Yeah, I'm similar. You know, most of the time, most of the time I'll prefer, like, street tacos like authentic ones but sometimes a crispy taco i don't know why sounds sounds better to me um i don't know if i want that big of a taco but (laughs) no for your last pick you know i could have gone i could have done you dirty there was there were some interesting options but this one isn't a bad one toronto fc has a deep fried spaghetti and meatballs dish and it looks interesting. I'm glad I left number four up for that one. <laughs> that looks terrible. <laughs> you think so? It's got like fries underneath it too, but... Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm not the biggest like spaghetti and meatballs fan, just in general. So to add like French fries underneath it and then deep fry it... <laughs> it's a like, weird combo. It's a weird combo. And then you just think of the quality of like stadium food. Imagine like deep fried like spaghetti noodles and meatballs and you have like some old lady who just smoked a cigarette on her break like preparing that for you you always use that very specific example and it because i've had that too many times when i go to the timbers all right so your list is (laughs) number five chicago fire ice cream nachos i disagree completely but it's all right number four toronto fc fried spaghetti and meatballs over fries um, number three, you went for the FC Dallas Monster Taco. Number two, you went for was it LAFC? No, it was the LAFC. LAFC yeah. Korean barbecue chicken over waffle fries. Number one. Number one was the Monster Taco. Oh, number one was I'm all discombobulated here. I should have written <laughs> these down. Number three, you put the 
the Orlando City purple Philly yeah, cheesesteak. Yeah, that I could. That I would much rather eat than <laughs> chips and ice cream and deep fried spaghetti and meatballs. So, yeah, okay. Your favorite is the monster taco. Number two, Korean barbecue chicken. Number three, purple Philly cheesesteak. Number four, fried spaghetti and meatballs. And number Ugh. five, ice cream nachos. I found this list. There's some good stuff on here. There is a green like hot dog bun hot dog uh at austin fc that sounds good to you but a purple no, no. philly cheesesteak doesn't no, no no that that sounds terrible to me oh, okay um there's plenty of good options here honestly there's like good carne asada there's good fried chicken sandwiches at like nashville um you know plenty of good stuff but i wanted to give some interesting things um what's a genre of food you wish portland had at providence park because We've got some good stuff. We've got Killer Burger. We've got Dutch Bros. We've got, but I don't know. What, what's a you know? What's one that I think would be really easy to do in mass quantities and is like one of my favorite meals. Have you had Cafe Yum before? No, I haven't actually. But so it's very simple. It's essentially it's like just a Pacific Northwest company as well. Um, but it's essentially all it is is like rice with black beans. They have this like yum sauce they use. And then all they put on top is generally, unless you ask for it, they won't do any like meat. It's just like avocado, tomato, olives, cilantro. And the yum sauce is like the key ingredient to it. I think that would be really easy to implement. It's like a healthy bowl. Simple filling. Like if you add meat, the only option they have is chicken or tofu. I always do chicken. I hate tofu. But one of my favorite fast food places because it's like healthy and it's delicious. But is it fast food technically? Yes, I'm just it is. kidding. This is a party chat conversation <laughs> we've spent hours on. Um, that would be good. Um, I'm a sucker for like Indian food. And I've seen on this footy screen account in the UK, especially because there's a big Indian population in England. There's a lot of like curry and like stuff like that. I would love an option like that. But I understand that's not as popular here. That's my list. I think Indian food is a little bit easier to mess up at a stadium. That's why I think something as is. simple as just rice, beans, and just putting the sauce in it and just throwing like veggies on top is pretty simple and pretty tasty. Yeah, Indian food can... You got to take your time with it or else it tapes, tastes not great. All right. Hit All me right. with your next one. I got my next list for you right here. Um, I need you to rank... These MLS iceberg moments. Love it. First up, the Mario Balotelli backheel. This is really this is a really big iceberg moment because it's not even an MLS game. So the friendly between them and the LA Galaxy. Man, Balotelli's failed backheel. I was gonna say for those who don't know, it was a, a preseason friendly Manchester City against LA Galaxy. Man City was already winning. Um Balotelli was through on goal, like completely through, had a wide open opportunity, and he just spins around and does a backheel that completely misses the goal, goes out, and then immediately gets subbed off and like screams at his coach. I'm putting at four. I would put it much higher up on the list if Mario Balotelli actually came to MLS because that would have made it full circle. Like if he went to <laughs> the he LA went Galaxy, to LA Galaxy, 
and played in that same stadium as a, a Galaxy player, that would have made it full circle for me. But legendary for all the wrong reasons. I like it. I like it. Next up, we have the Seattle Sounders upside down TIFO. <laughs> Man, they really had a, a chain of events there where they... They have, they've had a lot of iceberg moments that Seriously. don't even necessarily involve the team, just involve the fan base. Before they go- went on that chain of winning two MLS Cups, going to a few more finals, winning the Champions League, it was all sorts of things like that. They would always come up short in the playoffs. They would. They were like a meme. They, they were would like have, a joke around the league. <laughs> playing with the football lines in the stadium. They're playoff game gets rescheduled because they have a car show there (laughs) like all sorts of things that's like a i'll put that at five and i think it's better but i think there's some more mimi seattle moments that you know from that fan base all right next up (laughs) putting a tifa upside down though is hilarious it's (laughs) it's amazing because it's such a massive like coordinated (laughs) event like how do you do it upside down and they i mean like portland like some of these other cascade like they pride themselves on being one of the best fan bases in the league especially back then before we had the atlantas and you know charlottes of the world that's hilarious that is great Next up, this is one that has cursed you forever and will continue to, the Alan Gordon locker room picture. (laughs) I'd put that at five if I could redo this. I hate that picture. (laughs) Chase always just pulls that up on his phone and shows me one more in person. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't even want to describe it. Don't. It's just a gross picture of Alan Gordon in the locker room. Nobody look it up either. Was this at the... Was this from the U.S. national team in the Gold Cup, or was this from a... Can't say I was looking at anything else in that locker room in that picture, <laughs> dude. I, I don't know. I'll uh, <laughs> put it at three. All right. I, I just hate that. I've been destroyed by that picture by Chase. <laughs> All right. Number three. Next up, I don't know how much you know about this one. The Charleston Battery Coffee Pot. Do you know this moment? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So back the in USL team, 1999, DC United went to Charleston Battery for a US Open Cup game. They lose 4-3 in extra Jeez. time. Um, after the game ends, DC United goes to their locker room, and uh, it was later found that a bunch of their players like smashed like multiple coffee pots in the locker room, and like just smashed a bunch of other stuff just like basically vandalized this whole entire locker room of like a usl team that they lost to man what a bunch of punks (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of curious i was gonna look it up this 1999 dc united team because i want to know who was like involved in this you know like vandalism but yeah, kind of an obscure one that I had never even heard of, but they had players like Jaime Moreno on the team back then. Um, who else? I, that was the only one I knew like off the top of my head. That's hilarious. They they went in and just full vandalizing of a USL team stadium. I know, not even... like That's the worst part, too, is it's like a, a team that had no right beating them. Yeah. Um, but then having that happen, like, and then going in and just destroying their, uh, their locker room. So they had on their team, 
1999, they had Carlos Lamosa, uh, Jaime Moreno. They had Marco Echeverry. Um, so, so these legends. are just kind of the, the legends. They had Eddie Pope. Um, now interim coach of New England Revolution, Clint Pay. Um, <laughs> uh, Kurt Anolfel, Ben Olson. Um, yeah, some legends of the league engaging in some not so legendary activities. I'm gonna go two on that one. Number two. That's I, I didn't actually know that, so that's well done for that's a deep that. pull. This one you knew was coming. I can't leave it out of any opportunity I get to bring it up. The Seattle fight and win chant. See, I knew something like this was coming. That's why I left the one spot open. That's got to be number one. That one has to be number one in any list because it's just so funny. And it's it's transcended MLS to the point where you see, like, League Two teams in England doing this chant at their game. It's amazing. That's pretty legendary. Like, I, I can't think of a more MLS meme. That probably is the most memed moment from MLS, honestly. I think so. That poor guy. It's it's pretty funny, but it, that poor guy. So, your list from 5 to 1 is the Sounders upside down Tifo at 5, Mario Balotelli back heel at 4, Alan Gordon locker room picture at 3. Liking that one a little bit there, huh? Uh, Charleston Battery Coffee Pot at two, and Seattle Fight and Win at one. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm happy because I, I don't even want to rank some of those things you threw on there, <laughs> like Alan Gordon's picture, but the main thing for me is getting the Fight and Win guy at number one. That's a solid like, I You were holding out for that one. That's a solid one. What do you got for me? Bit of a different approach here. I had a couple thoughts on this. One I was going to do, actually, was rank, like, MLS villains of certain rivalries. So I was going to go, like, Ozzy Alonso, uh, Sebastian Blanco. Um, What's, who's the dude that did the log celebration in Portland? Um, Roger Levesque. Yeah. Uh, Ibrahimovic in the L.A. one. But I went a little out of the box here again. I'm going moments where an MLS coach <laughs> did something controversial in a post game <laughs> in a post game press conference locker room um, comments to the media right after the game when they're supposed to shake hands just something where an MLS coach went a little rogue off the off the cusp of normal conduct right off the bat <laughs> I got we just talked about today Bruce Arena, the old salty dog. You could do a list of just Bruce Arena moments. There are so many to choose from. I'm going from his most recent one. This year against the Columbus crew, he had some VAR decisions suspiciously go his way, and he called the fourth official useless and called everything phony baloney was the term he used (laughs) for VAR and talked about how everything was a poor job. Bruce Arena got fined thousands of dollars for his comments. Oh, man. Just the fact that he said phony baloney puts it up there pretty high. I love that from Bruce Arena. I, and any, like, Bruce Arena freak out is, like, one of my favorite moments just in general. So I think I'm going to go ahead and throw that. There's There's got to be some better ones, though. Um, let's throw that at three. 
that's a safe option. Can't be too upset. Your next one, the Oscar Pereja. I handing, knew this one was coming. Handing the tissue to Caleb Porter in a 2015 game sorry, against FC Dallas and the Portland Timbers. And Timbers won 3-1. Oscar Pereja wasn't a fan of how some of the Timbers players were crying to the refs and whining about calls. So Oscar Pereja hands Caleb Porter a crumbled up little wrinkly tissue. I was at this game, actually. And I watched it happen. This live. guy's always here for the most Timbers lore moments. <laughs> um, that's a legendary moment. And it was so great because, like, it got the crowd even more fired up because the Timbers had already won. And then to, like, have that happen just made it even better. Um, and just for him to be that salty, like, Oscar Pereja to be that salty in that moment to, like, go out of his way to try and make some statement to to Caleb Porter who's just like the most like not he's not the most hateable coach in the league by any means he's like a pretty nice guy a lot of Seattle players thought he was a prick but yeah he never would say anything too like off the cuff in his interviews other than towards Seattle he would say some stuff but yeah he never really targeted anybody his only annoying quality people would say was like he would just be like oh we played better than this team every time like he would lose and like kind of minimize things but yeah he never went after people he did make one comment i remember when before nagby was a u.s national team player how he said like once he becomes a u.s national team player he'll start getting calls the same way clint dempsey does essentially he made some comment that clint dempsey got favoritism because he was a national team player and basically called the league out for like the league folding all their rules over so seattle could get him in 2013 yeah so he kind of he spoke some light into that so you know i respect caleb porter for that but going back to this ice ice not even iceberg moment this kind of is an iceberg moment (laughs) in its own way this one is yeah oh man i'm gonna throw that at three i think there's some better ones to come even though that was a pretty iconic moment so you got or yeah because i put I'll put that at four. Sorry, I already said I put Bruce Arena at three. Arena at three, Caleb Porter at four. Yeah, the funny thing I was reading about this now is <laughs> Porter says afterwards in the media, he didn't say, they didn't talk a single time during the game at all. You know, normally a lot of times you'll see the coaches, especially when the fourth official's in the middle, they'll kind of like bark and jip at each other a little bit. Apparently they didn't even acknowledge you through the whole game and then they just this just happens. Um, I love that. Next one. We got a legendary one. Adrian Heath just recently sacked at Minnesota United. Finally. His team was playing Real Salt Lake. Controversial, the villain goalkeeper, David Ochoa, <laughs> had a had a pretty good game in Minnesota at their stadium, Allianz Field. And at the full-time whistle, you know, Ochoa's been barking at the fans the whole game, you know. He loved the spotlight. He takes the ball, and he just drop kicks it in the supporter section. Not really a person specifically. He didn't aim at a little kid's head and punt it at him. He just kicked it in the supporter section. A lot of the Minnesota players, like, hated that, and they, like, got in a big scuffle. And right in the post-game interview, Adrian Heath on the field, so their team lost, too, keep in mind, Adrian Heath goes on the headset and he's talking to the TV crew and he goes, 
you know, the goalkeeper booted a ball into our fans and our supporters group. That's a big no-no. We all know that. And then he said, he's got some edge to him for a kid that's not that good. <laughs> oh, man. You don't you see... think he was talking about his son? <laughs> <laughs> you don't see player or, you know, people directly call out each other like that in MLS, I feel like. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's a pretty iconic moment is that he just, like, went out of his way. Pro- probably because he was... It was, like, immediately after it happened, so he was still pretty hot. Um, I want to almost put this at five because I just don't like Adrian Heath that much. But I think, I think if any other coach would have done this, I would put it pretty high. So I think I'm going to put it at two because that's a pretty amazing moment to have a coach like still on the field, like give his opinion and just like call out another player and say that he's not good I after think, his team lost. I think what's funny about this too is Ochoa was a really good prospect at this time getting call-ups. I mean, he wasn't starting, but for the U.S. national team, um, afterwards made a switch to Mexico. Really good for Salt Lake. The only problem with him was the off-field, his attitude and stuff. Ends up going to D.C., kind of flames out there, too. Same thing. Attitude issues seemed a problem. Goes to Mexico, plays one game for his team, and now I just believe he he signed as, like, a developmental coach, and he's... <laughs> He's like 22 <laughs> years old still. Man so. got into coaching right away. So, I mean, is he right then? Is if because he said he wasn't that good? Yeah, he's a he's a goalkeeping coach. Sorry, a youth goalkeeping coach for a USL League Two side. <laughs> oh man! I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but maybe he gets a move soon. He's trying to keep in shape and stay in the game. But interesting how his c- career it's be kind like of. A, what was the Brazilian goalkeeper that was like training in a park that like ended up getting back into the national Julio Cesar. Yeah. (laughs) There's like videos of him like training in a park after he got dropped from his team and like (laughs) ended up getting back with the national team before the world cup. That's solid. All right. Legendary moment of the league. Mike Petke, former Red Bulls, but RSL head coach when this happened, find a lot of money because he was protesting a call that was made. This is the one where he brought out a printer to the, (laughs) or a a picture, like a screenshot of what had happened to his player and a call that should have been called. And he started just going on this unhinged rant about how he was going to print more slides to show all the reporters, but the printer was out of freaking ink (laughs) was his quote. And he was just like yelling about this. And, and then, uh, separate kind of incident or not the separate interest but later on towards the media (laughs) on Twitter somebody was talking about this and they were like telling about how much he got fined and he tweets in response to this tweet about him and he goes I'll disclose my fine I believe in transparency and in all caps accountability accountability both for myself as well as all other parties (laughs) $3,000 so he was like tweeting about how much he got fined he and went on social being, media, like, petty pet key about it, and <laughs> and I don't know. There's just a screenshot that floats out somewhere of him wearing his like sweater with his collared shirt like poking out, and he's just like yelling and pointing. Oh, man. I think uh, it's hilarious that he actually like went on a computer after a game and like found the clip and is just like typing and like you know printing to the office room and stuff. I love that. That's easily number one for me. Like. 
I love all these moments because I love seeing the one figurehead for a club that's supposed to be like very like calm and like they're supposed to be the the voice of reason in all these moments so i love seeing these coaches that just get absolutely unhinged and that's one of the most unhinged moments any like mls coach has had number one that's an easy number one leaving you with Brian Schmetzer <laughs> taking a shot at Timber Joey. I knew that one was coming in the list, and that's why I left number five open. We the, were talking about this earlier today. The worst diss of all time. Brian Schmetzer, the Seattle native, local legend. You know, he's been affiliated with the team for a very long time. Played for them, played for their indoor team multiple <laughs> times. Uh, played in Tacoma for indoor. A, Coached at multiple levels in Washington. Longtime assistant. Hates the Timbers. Knows the rivalry. Lives it. Apparently, he doesn't know the Timbers mascot's name. So, in a 2017 pregame um, interview with the media ahead of a game during the week, they're asking Brian Schmitzer about, you know, the Timbers tradition of sawing off a log before every game. And Timber's mascot's name is Timber Joey. He does all the the cutting of this log. Brian Schmetzer says, no, I don't like what's going on over there. And we don't even know if he's a real lumberman or if he's just a guy. So he doesn't know Timber Joey. Everybody knows that Timber Joey is a real lumberjack, not lumberman. So, yeah, I mean... We always joke about this because it was it was just such a lame diss. Obviously, you can make fun of the fact that Portland has a like a lumberjack at a game. Like that's pretty weird, right? But just this diss was just such a such a middle school level joke. And me and Chase never let this die between us. Um, you know what's funny too is remember I don't know if you remember this, but Aston Villa played a friendly against the Timbers, and Tom Hanks, the actor, is a huge like Villa supporter. And he was at this game in Portland between the Timbers and Aston Villa, and he was talking about how, like, how he knows about Timber Joey and all of this. And Will Ferrell recently was like getting a picture with Timber Joey, but this dude who's been a part of the rivalry for like fifty <laughs> years pretends like he has no idea. Oh, I love that! I love that so much. It's like, it's so funny because it's it was like a sad diss. That's like one of those moments where I feel like like a kid in a classroom like says it and like pauses to like hear everybody's reaction it's just like dead silent crickets just like no reaction for just like oh that that lumberman over there and then it's just like nobody says anything oh man if we actually the timbers play him in the playoffs we got to go behind him with signs that just say stuff like that lumberman lumberman who's that lumberman who's that <laughs> brian schmetzer such a dork I like the guy, but he's a goofy guy. He's a dork. So your list, top five MLS unhinged coach moments. Number one, you're going Mike Petke screaming about his printer. Number two, you are going with... Oh, man, I can never forget these when we actually do it. You don't write them down, man. (laughs) Do you write them down? I, I didn't write down the ones that I was ranking, but no. I write down the ones that that I'm giving to you, so I have them right in front of me. Okay. Well, I had them. I just closed out all my tabs, actually. Way to go. 
I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Okay, we'll go other way. Because it'll help me remember. <laughs> Five, you went for Brian Schmetzer. Worst moment. Making fun of Timber Joey. Four was Caleb Porter getting the tissue bomb from Oscar Pereja being salty. Three was Bruce Arena calling VAR phony baloney and useless. <laughs> what the heck was number two? I don't remember right now either. <laughs> I can't a remember. crappy list. Oh, it was... uh uh. The Ochoa moment. Oh, okay. With, uh, Adrian, Adrian Heath. Adrian Heath calling Ochoa not a good player in the post game. Meanwhile, he brings his son to every club he goes to. And then number one, Adrian or Mike Petke with the printer bomb. Solid list. I would probably leave that exactly the same, actually. That's a pretty solid list. I, I'm I'm proud of that one. But we have one more list to go. My final list, nothing too crazy. I think it'll be pretty straightforward. We're gonna, I'm gonna pick your brain on these MLS 2023 kits. Okay, I see. We've I gone see. over these before, so it shouldn't take too long. First up, we have the Chicago Fire. That weird white one with like the triangles on it, and no sponsor. Where are you putting that at in your one to five rating there? These are all 2023? Yep. All the most recent kits that came out this year. I'm going to put that one at... Man, there was a lot of good kits this year. We talked about this. Normally, they're really cookie cutter, generic. This is is a great year for kits. I'm going to go three. I think if it had a sponsor for me, it'd be one of my favorite in the league. They had Bimbo. Bimbo is the worst sponsor. Man, they had some cool ones like we talked about. They had Motorola. They had Quaker, which wasn't bad. Quaker kind of seemed to fit them well. All right, next up, we got DC United with their Cherry Blossom kit. Oh, hot take. I didn't really like this one, actually. It wasn't a bad kit, but they, they played it really safe, in my opinion. And I'll go, I'll go four. Number four? Behind Chicago's... I think Chicago's is better. (sighs) Sue me. I will. That is an incorrect take. I'm suing you currently. Okay. Uh, New York City FC with their stupid subway tile kit. We get it. You guys have a subway that everybody complains about. Nobody pays to be on, and it smells like poop. That's why there's that Instagram account. I forget what it's called, but it's like New York. I think it's just called like New York Subway or People of New York Subway. And it's just disgusting down there, <laughs> yet it's like the pride of their city. Because there's that really like wholesome Instagram account called People of New York, and it like tells like just stories of, you know, all these different people who have come from nothing and have been successful. And you have the People of New York Subway where it's just <laughs> dudes wearing microwaves on their heads, just like <laughs> jumping off the train at like, well, it's riding. I'll go two. I actually like the kit. <laughs> I hate that jersey. I think see, it looks terrible. See, I like how they're slowly piecing away f- kind of from the complete knockoff of City. Because remember their first years, they would just be the exact same thing as City. Exact looking shirt, exact looking yeah, shorts. I think there's a lot better things they could do than silly subway tile. It it gives them... maybe Okay, you don't like the characteristic they're looking for, but at least it gives them some personality, I feel like. And the Fair orange enough. and the baby blue works. 
Fair enough. Next up, we have Minnesota United's stuck in a printer jammed kit. Number one. Oh, that's disgusting. L- look. It's absolutely disgusting. You Ryan Gold now? Dude, that kit looks so terrible. Dude, it looks so good. The Northern Lights? The Northern the, Lights the that pride everybody of the loves Midwest? in Minnesota? We got to ask Ben if he saw the Northern Lights once or if he just said... Dude, his, he didn't even see the house. stadium and he lived a block away. <laughs> yeah, but he had to have been outside like, you know, at least twice. This jersey looks so dumb. What? Okay, it's got a cool scheme of colors. What, I think, at least. Okay, what, if they're doing this sort of idea with these colors, what could they have done to make this better? I think this is a home run. It kit. looks like a piece of paper that got pulled out of the back of a printer is it just too like if they would have done the place or if they would have done like if they made the kit black like the night sky and then they did the northern lights like going straight through the center like by the badge or by the target logo so it looked like just northern lights and a night sky i think that would be a lot cooler than this yeah, I can see that but they already have the black kit this year and i think that's why they couldn't do this they needed a light alternate i don't know i i get they could have shelved it they could have waited i get why people don't like this but i'm a huge fan also i've never in my life associated the northern lights with minnesota and i don't think anybody does what do you associate with minnesota ice i don't know just a place that most people don't want to go ben wanted to go (laughs) well he did flee back so yeah he came back real quick I don't know. That, for me, would have been a solid five. Next up, your fifth choice. This is going to be that stupid LAFC smoke bomb kit, isn't it? Nope. Austin FC's. Oh, okay. Random shapes and stripes and everything all over the place. That the, From a distance, doesn't look too bad, but when you get up close, you're just gives you a headache. That Verde explosion. Yeah, this kit kind of sucks. I mean, it just looks weird. It's weird all over the place. There's nothing there's good just, about it. It just, yeah, it hurts my head when I look at this. Their first kit was really solid. It looked a lot like Atlanta's, you know, that stripe pattern with the black. But that pattern, yeah, it's just too busy. It's a number five for me. They were it, trying to, like, copy that Barcelona kit that kind of did this not too long ago where it was, like, I hated different too. types of stripes everywhere. Yeah, it looks terrible. They have that's such a nice color scheme too. Black and green. That green and like black, that dark. We talked about this recently. I think the Timbers should do a black kit. That would look amazing. I but agree. They have a cool green too because they kind of do like a mint green as well as they they do that weird like really bright green, which is all right. It's just kind of hard to look at, but they have a mint green that looks really nice as well. Are we having too many green teams in this league now? Green used to be not a very common color for teams. Now you have the Timbers, Austin, Seattle. Who else is green? Is there another green team? LFC has that greenish kit. Galaxy. Kind of goldish green. Galaxy does green for their like away kit. Green, blue, yeah. Rapids did that green like secondary, which I thought was really clean, actually. Everybody just wants to be like us. Everybody wants to be like Colorado. How do you... Actually, I think I already know your opinion. Teams that stray away from their traditional colors for their second or third kit. I wouldn't mind it as much for a third, but I think 
I think for the second. I think the first two should somewhat be in a... It doesn't have to be the same colors on the logo. Like, don't get me wrong, but... Like, the traditional colors of the club. Like, Timbers is green, gold, white. Yeah, and then they they do rose for the away kit. Well, when they didn't have a rose jersey and it was all green and gold and white, I think that was just a little silly. If they had a third kit where they could do that, I think that's fantastic. But MLS is just a silly league where most teams only have two kits. So teams like Seattle, who they have cool colors, like they have that, you know, they have that rave green and blue. Obviously, the main kits rave green, but if they really tapped into like the blue for their secondary kit, then with the third kit, if they do the Jimi Hendrix or the Bruce Lee, I think that would be great. But like insert random celebrity semi linked with Seattle that doesn't care about their team cuz then you just you look at a game and then you see like <laughs> I'm not picking on Seattle but like say you see like purple and orange and yellow on one kit and then somebody else in the crowd has a red with a dragon and bright yellow then they have black and pink as one of their old ones and then neon green and black and you have all these things but Seattle's due for a blue kit man I like when when teams stray away. I think it's it's fun, and when you think of them as like a business, providing more variety, I think is a good thing. I wish, yeah, I would agree. I just wish they would have the third kit option for that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I wish I wish every club was allowed to do a third kit as well, because then you could really see some creativity, and then you can also build those kind of traditional colors for your squad. I would like to see the the league pull away from the Adidas deal as well. Allow teams to pick their sponsor because I think a Timbers Nike kit would be pretty sick. Dude, we're going Umbro. <laughs> There's no no way, no way. It would be it would be Nike. You already know because Thorns are Nike. Timbers would go Nike as well. I mean, obviously it has a deep connection with Oregon. I think that would be pretty sweet. It'd be cool seeing like then you'll see like the, the Rapids have. Kappa, or <laughs> yeah, who was that weird brand that did like West Ham this year? They did like a new kit, and it was like there's a lot of controversy around it because they did like the women's kit as well. I don't know if you saw anything about this. So like the women's team in West Ham, like was kind of like raising a fuss about this new shirt sponsor because the men's season started earlier, and they just absorbed water like crazy and like would stick like skin tight to like the guys and it was the same exact like jersey essentially for the women's just a women's cut and they were all not wanting to wear it because obviously in England it rains a lot and you play in terrible weather makes sense but kind of a a rough go for that brand getting their first step on the big stage (laughs) looks like women's West Ham is Umbro they must have switched back because it was uh it was a new company. I forget who it was. We've seen some random ones, like New Balance randomly had a couple squads. They had Liverpool for a bit. Oh, it was Aston Villa, not West Ham. Insert other random Burgundy and Burgundy Baby Blue and Baby Blue team. It was Aston Villa. You know who I thought did decent was Under Armour when they had Spurs. Something different. It was Castore. Was the name of the brand the one that has like the two like wings above it but anyways we uh strayed far away from we gotta do some of these podcast ideas like the the different like city 
kits that we talked about that one time. We can get into that in the off season. We gotta we gotta dive back into our roots. We're doing five episodes a week. Just one <laughs> one every day of the work week. Just ten minute episodes is what we're gonna say, and then we end up hanging out for three hours and my girlfriend gets upset because I'm gone. Well, you're gonna call in and work from home tomorrow so we can play clubs all day. So whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> My mom listens to this podcast, man. Well, you're just going to work from home and happen to be on clubs while you're <laughs> playing FIFA all day long. Oh, uh, anyways, we don't even have any uh <laughs> we don't even have any match predictions this week cuz the ones we picked last week are for this upcoming weekend now. So, uh What do we do? I don't know. We can just kind of pick something else to talk about for the next 40 minutes or whatever. <laughs> no, I think we should wrap it up. Make it a short episode this week. We'll be back in action. Next week's going to be a rough one. That's going to be a long episode. I can already tell. Decision day, wrapping up the playoffs. Four hours minimum. It's going to be you know what's funny? a long episode. Looking at the schedule, you'll see on the, like the MLS website, the next two MLS games are Miami playing Charlotte on Wednesday, and then Miami playing Charlotte on Saturday. Just huge games for Charlotte as well. The, the I mean their season's completely in their hands, so that's that's interesting. It'll be a fun one to watch. Kind of like how the games are spaced out as well. 3 p.m., 6 p.m. Going to be fun. Fun end of the season to say the least. I'm excited for it. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be I'm going to be invested, you know. It's going to be a great weekend of Major League Soccer. You want to come over to my dad's birthday and hang out and watch the games with me? <laughs> Just in the corner? You hang out at their house. I think they're making steak or something. So, Dude, I like steak. Yeah. Emma can't come, though. Sorry. It's just, just <laughs> me and you. Maybe <laughs> maybe we'll have some ice cream nachos. Oh, gosh. You're uninvited. That's it. We're actually having purple Philly cheesesteaks for dinner. Oh, that's <laughs> nasty. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for listening Please follow us on Twitter. Give us uh, a review. Give us a nice not 2.4 star review. (laughs) Our Twitter is up and active right now. Producer Isaac is... Pleaded his case to the overlords. Got us out of Twitter jail, and we are back and better than ever. I think we've not done anything on it, but we will. Yeah, tweeted us. We will interact. Um email us that's right <laughs> i don't know have you even checked the email at all it's on my phone yeah i get notifications for it <laughs> what is it just like spam emails so far like sign in has been used for this device or something like no that. well yeah that and then also like the podcast sponsorship oh. opportunities no fan mail i'm nice. waiting i'm waiting i don't want these corporate sponsorships i want to hear from the Belgians, the yeah, we want we want that grassroots connection. We want to expand the league with our reach we have right now. Before we do the A League net boys, <laughs> imagine we have like one semi successful like season of doing this podcast, and then we just bounce and we go do a different league. That'd be pretty legit. A League would be like top tier. Same with the Canadian Premier League. Just leave everything we have here and move to Australia for a year. Same logo, same <laughs> same everything. Just like just says A League Net Boys. Just I'll, I'll probably have to space it out a little different because that wouldn't fit as well. But 
Oh, man. Well, thank you all for listening. Please uh, give us a review as always. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.